This episode of Grease the Polls is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, where you can bet $5 on any sport and win $200 in free bets instantly. All you need to do is sign up with the link in the description, and you'll get $200 instantly after you place your first bet of $5 or more. Everyone could use some extra betting money, so don't let this opportunity go to waste. And with that, let's get into the episode. What is going on, everyone, and welcome into another episode of Grease the Polls. Fellas, we're only, we're only days away. We're only days away from the Super Bowl between the Philadelphia Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs. And it feels like, like we talked about it last episode, it's been, it's felt like this, this entire week has just come to just a crawl. It just feels like every day has gotten slower and slower as the week has progressed. It's only Thursday now. I would like it. It's just gone. It's just gone too damn slow. But we're almost there. We only have a couple more days left, and obviously we kind of covered a lot of the storylines on the last episode with Andy Reid and Kelsey. Um, but let's focus on the game. Let's just X's and O's, nuts and bolts. Let's get into it. And I think really what most people look at when it comes to just any game, especially the Super Bowl, is the quarterback matchup. And obviously. These are two MVP candidates in Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts. Um, Mahomes, probably going to win the MVP, whatever. We don't need to talk about that. We'll save that for another day. But I feel like when it comes to these big games, a lot of pundits, a lot of people, just general fans, will look at it, and whoever has a better quarterback is who they're going to pick to win the game. And I think that's what a lot of people are going to do heading into this one. Um, And honestly – Look, Patrick Mahomes, he's the best quarterback in the league. I'm not even going to deny that. I'm not going to deny that. I think you're talking about two top five guys, but, hey, if you want to give that to the Chiefs, that's completely fine. I think Patrick Mahomes has earned that right. Um, but when you look at the rest of the roster on both for both teams, it's really not even close. It's just not even close. The Eagles, from top to bottom, at almost every position except for quarterback, and I'll give them tight end as well because, obviously, Travis Kelsey is very good. Um, the Eagles just have the advantage everywhere, everywhere. I mean, wide receiver, not even a question. Um, secondary, not even a question. Defensive line, we know Kansas City. Chris Jones <laughs> just came out today. He's not feeling well. Maybe it's COVID, maybe it's not. Who knows? But still, you take him off that defensive line, it's not even close. Offensive line, not even close. Running backs, I think the edge goes to Philly. And then linebackers, it's a wash, whatever. But I still think T.J. Edwards and Kaiser White are two of the best, uh, one of the best linebacker tandems in the league. Um, it just reminds me a lot of the last Super Bowl the Eagles were in when we faced Tom Brady, right? Um, everyone looked at that matchup, and it was like Tom Brady versus Foles. And for most people, it was a no-brainer. They were going with Tom Brady. But if you – paid attention to either team throughout the season or were a fan of either team, especially if you're a fan of the Eagles, you just knew that team was loaded and that they had what it took to, to you know, beat the best quarterback in football. And I think it's the same situation here. The Eagles, they're just loaded. Um, on paper, like I said, I don't even think it's close. I think the Eagles have the advantage almost everywhere. Um, and I think they – I just don't think the fact that Kansas City has Patrick Mahomes suddenly gives them a huge advantage 
over the Eagles. Because when it comes to big games, when it comes to the Super Bowl, NFC Championship, AFC Championship, it's about the better team. It's not about the best quarterback, right? Like, football is the quintessential team game. And while everyone wants to make it about the quarterback, I think everyone who's actually watched these two teams throughout the season knows the Eagles are the better team. And to me, that's what matters most going into these big games. So what are your guys' thoughts heading into it? Like, do you, I, I'm sure you guys agree, right? The Eagles have a better team. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, that's the thing. I, I feel like we find ourselves agreeing with each other a lot on this podcast, and that's mostly because we talk about the Eagles and how good they are, and they can just continue to win. And so, yeah, I absolutely agree, uh, you know, in that situation, especially when it comes to it not being about the quarterback matchup. Absolutely. You take a look at these guys, 1A, 1B, for the MVP race the majority of the year was kind of a pick em. And then, of course, with Jalen missing some games, Patrick Mahomes likely going to come out the victor. But you take a look at some some big Super Bowls where, yeah, the quarterback matchup seemed to favor one team, but then the other team as a whole managed to come out and triumph. And there are two situations with Peyton Manning you can take a look at. You can take a look at with him and the Broncos in 2013 when – the uh, you know young Russell Wilson obviously kind of coming into his own uh, turns into a great quarterback, but the story of that team was the Legion of Boom, that defense, and they completely buried those Broncos. Now, conversely, you take a look at 2016 Super Bowl 50, Cam Newton MVP season, but the Broncos just had a better team, better defense, especially, and that's really what it comes down to: defense winning championships. You took one of the highest scoring, highest flying offenses offenses and all of football and pretty much completely shut them down shut down one of the best quarterbacks in football one of the best seasons we've ever seen from a quarterback in cam newton so obviously there's not uh, and of course peyton manning was pretty washed at that point they had brock osweiler i think maybe start a playoff game if not a pivotal game at some point in the regular season for them just because of where peyton manning was at in his career it was clear he was ready to ride off from the sunset so that's a situation where theoretically the worst quarterback ended up winning just because of the strength of the team around him. And that's a scenario where uh, the quarterback gap, in my opinion, is not as wide here with uh, Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes is probably the best quarterback in the league, whatever. Dude can make any throw. It's fucking alien shit. And Jalen Hurts is just a born winner, in my opinion, and I think in everyone's opinion from what they've seen from him and how he can carry himself and how he can lead a team to uh, victory even in the face of defeat in a situation where uh, you know, maybe they didn't give him every uh, ounce of credit he should have received. So in this scenario, I take a look at where the Eagles are. I take a look at how we match up with the Kansas City Chiefs. And I don't, I'm not even going to sit here and discount the Chiefs. That's just how fucking good this Eagles team is. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. that's really all it is. It's nothing to do. I'm not looking down my nose at their injured secondary or their complete lack of talent at the outside. It's just the fact that the Eagles are a better team when you just add it all together. And not only are they a better better team on paper, you take a look at the whole green being greater than the sum of its parts with the Philadelphia Eagles. Yes, every single guy on this team is fucking good. But Nick Sirianni, Harry Rosen, build a squad, the winning culture, the way they carry themselves, I mean, it's just not close with Kansas City and Philadelphia. From a, and, and I understand they have a winning culture in Kansas City. Andy Reid, great guy, et cetera, et cetera. But this is lightning in a bottle for this Eagles team. This is something special that we're witnessing, and I think we're going to go out and win this game on Sunday. I'm not going to say it's going to be a blowout or anything like that. We will give our score predictions later, but that's where I'm at right now. I think you gave a lot of great examples there of the fact that 
at the end of the day, great quarterbacks lose Super Bowls all the time, right? Tom Brady lost Super Bowls. John Elway lost Super Bowls. Brett Favre lost Super Bowls. You go down the list. Um, what Teams that win Super Bowls are teams that are more physical. Usually the better defense is what comes out on top. It doesn't really have to be a spectacular performance by Jalen Hurts. Like I think that's what everybody has in their head right now, especially when you look at what the national media is saying. And you're seeing a lot of social media is I, the reason why the line in this game, the Eagles are only favored by one and a half points is because I think that people are just assuming that Jalen Hurts is going to have to have some insane, you know, crazy performance in order to beat Patrick Mahomes. And I think he could do that. I, I think that, you know, on any, on any given Sunday, anything's possible. But I don't think he'll have to just because I think that the Eagles defense is so much more physical than the Chiefs' offense, uh, particularly the offensive line and defensive line. The, that matchup right there, I think the Eagles are just going to win that matchup. And, I mean, setting aside, you know, Super Bowl historical precedent, we can look in recent history, look at the team that the Chiefs struggled the most with this year was the Cincinnati Bengals. Cincinnati Bengals controlled the tempo of that AFC championship game for a large portion of it. And they did it by controlling the line of scrimmage and being more physical than the Chiefs. Ultimately, the Chiefs were able to overcome that. Um, but, I mean, do you think the Eagles are better than the Cincinnati Bengals this year? That's the question you have to ask yourself. If you think they are, which I I think definitely, I don't have any question in my mind, the Eagles' yeah. defense is better. Yeah, the Eagles' defense is light years better than the Cincinnati Bengals' defense. So, to assume that this is, you know, it's going to be different just because, like, you're you're kidding yourself if you're putting that much weight on Patrick Mahomes, who, by the way, high ankle sprains take a long time to recover from. I know that they're saying he's, you know, close to 100% or he feels great. Like, there's no way that he's back to 80%, I don't think. Maybe. Maybe he's back to 80%. But... He's not going to have the same escapability that let the Kansas City offensive line be one of the best, I, they, maybe the best pass-rated, uh, pass-blocking offensive line, I think. Uh, one of them. One of yeah, them. They're, they're, they're right up near the top. But a lot of that's his ability to move around the pocket and to escape, which he struggled with against Cincinnati in that AFC Championship game. I think that there's no reason to assume that the Eagles' defense isn't going to be up to the task of, you know, stopping this Kansas City offense. Yeah, yeah. I think defensively, I mean, Frank, you said it. I think the better defense more often than not comes out on top when it comes time in the Super Bowl. I mean, even when you look back at the Eagles' Super Bowl against the Patriots, one of the highest-scoring Super Bowls in NFL history, over a 1,000 yards of total offense, but – the play that won the game was the Brandon Graham strip sack. It was a defensive play. Um, defense wins championships. That's not a saying just for shits and giggles. It's because it's fucking true. Like, defense does win championships. And when you look at Kansas City's offense, the Eagles, maybe more so than any other defense in the league, is better equipped to stop them than I think anyone. I mean, they have the best defensive line in the sport. 
They've had over 70 sacks this season. When you look at Kansas City's offensive line, yeah, I think they've done a good job pass protecting. But when you look outside of Joe Thune at left guard and Cree Humphrey at center, um, you're talking about Orlando Brown Jr. at left tackle, Trey Smith at right guard, Andrew Wiley at right tackle. Yeah, have you guys ever heard of them? Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I've heard of point. I've heard of the one guy. And if you've heard of them, <laughs> Orlando if you've heard Bloom, of them, it? it's probably because they've been giving up sacks. Uh, giving up sacks. Andrew Wiley has given up, I think, over ten sacks this season. That's who Hassan Reddick is going to be facing. Who, as we all know, has been on a complete tear recently. I think has nineteen and a half sacks through however many games he's played this year. Dude literally averages a sack per game. Um, and then God you look at, him. I mean, and he's not the only one we have three other guys who have had double digit sacks this season and then right behind them you have bg and then just for shits and giggles we're gonna throw out uh robert quinn who has 148 career sacks you know let's just throw him out there for shits and giggles he's our fifth guy right like that's what type of defensive line this eagles team has it's kind of unprecedented and quite frankly it's not even really fair um not to even like we didn't even mention linfog joseph and the dominican sue let alone Jordan Davis. I mean, we have five defensive tackles. I mean, shit. We, we could throw Milton Williams in there, too. That's six defensive yeah. tackles that all <laughs> should get playing time, right? Like, you're going to be fresh the entire game defensively up front. And then, obviously, Kansas City wants to throw the ball, and the Eagles have one of the best secondaries in the sport. Um, Darius Slay and James Bradbury are two all-pro, Pro Bowl-level players. Avante Maddox, one of the best nickel corners in football. Obviously, C.J. Gardner-Johnson was tied for the league lead in interceptions, and he missed four or five games. Um, and then even our linebackers, Kaiser White, one of the better um, coverage linebackers in the NFL. T.J. Edwards has really improved there as of late as well. Um, I mean, I get it. Patrick Mahomes is great. He is. But if you're going to ask him to be Superman – on that high ankle sprain, sure, going into the game, it'll probably feel 100%. But, you know, by the second quarter, third quarter, when he's been running around for his life the entire time because Sean Reddick's breathing down his neck, the ankle's going to be sore. And it's going to get sore. The more pressure you get on him, the more sore it's going to get. And, you know, the less mobile he'll be throughout the game. So, yeah, I I just don't see... I mean, obviously... You know, Mahomes can do a lot of things, and he'll have his moments in this game. Like, I don't think we're going to absolutely – like, I don't think this is going to be a Tampa Bay versus Kansas City type of game we saw during the COVID year Super Bowl. Um, Kansas City's offensive line is better now than it was then. Uh, Creed Humphrey is, like, you know, one of the best centers in football right behind Jason Kelsey, and obviously Joe Tooney is one of the better guards. Um, But I don't think their tackles can hang with our edge players. I don't think the receivers are going to be able to get much separation against our corners. Um, it's really going to come down to how much pressure can you get on Mahomes and what's your plan to stop Travis Kelsey. Um, and at the end of the day, if you if Travis Kelsey gets his and that's it, I think we'll be okay. You know what I mean? Like I, I'd, If only one of their players is beating us, I think it's just that's a better recipe for success for us than seeing you know Juju get – you know, a 30-yard reception here, then Kadarius Tony go for a touchdown, right? Like, it's kind of the same idea, like, when we played the Patriots, right? Gronkowski was really quiet in the first half, but then kind of popped off in the second half. But he was really the only dude doing anything to us. And I think if you can kind of 
you know, really narrow it down to just Kelsey. Um, I mean, you're going to force Mahomes into mistakes if he has to constantly go to the same guy. And um, it's just easier for the defense if they know where the ball is going. Because I really think on the outside, you just have to put Darius Slay on one guy, James Bradbury on the other, Vontae Maxson, whoever's in the slot, and then – you really just have to kind of mix and match things with Travis Kelsey until something works, right? Whether that's putting Gardner Johnson on him or Kaiser White or mixing it up in some sort of way where you're, you know, you have a guy low, a guy high. I don't know. Like, I'm not a defensive coordinator. I'll leave that to Jonathan Gannon. But, um, yeah, like defensively, I just – I think the Eagles match up so well with this offense. And – you know, like if you're a Chiefs fan, you gotta like you have to be worrying in your back of your mind, like how is this high ankle sprain gonna hold up against a team that is literally on the brink of beating the eighty five Bears for most sacks in a single season, right? Like that's horrifying. It should be horrifying. I'll be honest too, with that high ankle sprain, Brian, um, even if Mahomes was fully healthy and we all knew that, I wouldn't really my opinion of the situation wouldn't change. Sure, yeah, I'd be able to move around a little yeah, bit. but no, I agree. I agree. We talk you. about building teams from the inside out a lot when you talk about NFL success, when you talk about how Howie Roseman wants to build a team. And that's how he's done it the whole time. But then a lot of the times when you say, uh, you know, build the team inside out and they end up in a scenario like this, uh, you know, either making a playoff run or something like that, uh, you know, you've got a great offensive line, great defensive line, maybe even a great quarterback like Jalen Hurts. But – you don't really have the skill position guys out there as well. Sure, being able to you know have time downfield, you know having a better pass blocking situation allows wide receivers to create separation. But uh, you know they don't always have you know the same resources committed to receivers and tight ends, and that's just not the case with the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, we have an incredible offensive line that's better than their defensive line, and we have an incredible defensive line that's better than their offensive line, and that's really uh, that's really it for me. I mean, obviously, uh, it's great that we have an incredible quarterback. We have great running backs, guys one through three that I really, really trust with the ball in their hands to make a play in any situation. But when it comes down to it, it's just our it's our guys up front. It's our guys in the trenches that allow great things to happen because they do their job so fantastically. It's such a high rate. It's damn near perfection. Lane Johnson, it's essentially perfection. I mean – when we talk about not allowing sacks and things like that. So then the fact that we now also have, you know, a scenario that would benefit a decent quarterback with decent weapons. That's really the situation. Well, now we have a great quarterback with elite offensive weapons. I mean, the only guy I wouldn't call elite, you know, that's a, you know, it's a starting guy in our wide receiving core, uh, or even tight end, just guys that pass catchers, uh, Quez Watkins, I wouldn't say elite, but still, Damn fast, great with the ball in his hands, if he can hold on to it. But then that's really the only caveat I have for this Eagles offense. That's the one thing where I go, eh. And if that's the one thing, I mean, that's fucking, I mean, that's gravy. That doesn't matter. So the fact that we have Jalen Hurts that's going to have a ton of time. I, I know Chris Jones is great. Don't get me wrong. Even though he may be sick, maybe coming down with the vid or something else. Uh, fully healthy again, a scenario where I go, okay. What else do you got for me? What else are you going to throw at us? Uh, so that's – that. I feel incredibly confident, obviously because we've built the team from the inside out, but then when we build it on the outside too, like how we went fucking crazy with this. Like this is 
a team where I just feel comfortable in any situation. Every time they go, this team's going to be the real test. And then I sit and I examine and I look at the matchups and I go, really? This is what you got for me? You got, sure, you got Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid. That's great. You got a better offensive line than one of the worst offensive lines I've ever seen in a Super Bowl. Great. Amazing. Obviously. People that are tweeting, hey, Philly fans, remember, this isn't the same this isn't the same offensive line that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers shredded. I'm like, yeah, no fucking shit. That was like three years ago. I know. I know. The Kansas City Chiefs are a good, or, good organization. They put guys, uh, you know, where they need to be. They get good guys to do the job they need to get done. But in this scenario, I just go, you can be as good as you want to be, as good as you can think you can be. You're not going to be better than this Eagles team. And I, I – it's weird that we're the only people that think that, even though it's consistently the case, if that makes any sense. Like, clearly, we've proven over and over again. Doesn't matter who you throw at us. They still find ways to poke holes in it. So, I, fuck it. At that point, like, we're going to go out. We're going to go. We're going to give the Chiefs a run for their money, and I think we're going to end up winning another Super Bowl. I really do. And I didn't have the same confidence going into 2017, obviously. I did not, but in this scenario, I I really do. Yeah, I I don't know. It, it's one of those things where I feel like people are just overvaluing. It's hard to do considering how damn good he is, but people are like overvaluing Patrick Mahomes in this situation. And I I mean, if you look at the team and top to bottom. I, I just don't see where the argument is that the Chiefs are significantly better or are likely to win this game. Um, even if we're looking, I mean, what, what, what did everybody say the formula was for beating the Eagles this year? Oh, if you you know run the ball and control the clock, there's one thing Andy Reid will never do. And this this is true forever. What was the old saying 20 years ago? Run, the, run ball, the ball, Andy. Just run the ball. Now, Can't do was, he's physically <laughs> he is physically incapable of calling a run play. He will not call a run-heavy offense, which, by the way, would maybe allow them to, because like you said, Brian, their strength of their offensive line is definitely along the interior. Um, and the Eagles don't have a great run, ha, didn't have a great run defense throughout the season. And it would allow them to control the tempo of the game in a way that, they could potentially dictate terms and maybe get into a field position battle. But Andy Reid's not going to do that. Like, I, I, I've i read his book so many times. I know what he's going to do. He's going sh- to throw short screen passes that I, I think that our aggressiveness on the defensive line, like I'm on the defensive line, I think the Eagles' aggressiveness on the defensive line is going to uh, help blow that sort of thing up. I, he's going to do, you know, the he's going to do Andy Reid stuff. He's going to he's going to rely on a pass-heavy offense. And I, I think that's where the Eagles will be able to thrive on defense because they're going to be able to get after Mahomes. They're going to be able to hit him. Like, even if they aren't sacking him, they're going to hit him, and it's going to put pressure on him. And it's going to be likely that, you know, he's he doesn't play mistake-free football. That's part of the trade-off with him, with guys like him and, you know, uh, Brett Favre before him, which was another guy that, like, oh, he can do anything. Yeah, he can throw the ball left-handed, but he can also throw a pick six left-handed. Or he can also do something <laughs> that, like, you, like, scratch your head and you're like, why the hell would he do that? Yeah. So if you have him under pressure and he's more likely to do something, you know, that is going to 
be beneficial to the Eagles' defense, especially the style of defense that they play is perfectly suited to taking him on. So I, you know, I, I look forward to it. I think it's going to be fun to see. It is. It really is. Um, let's look at the offensive side of the ball for the Eagles. And honestly, it's kind of the same exact story as I laid out with the defense. Um, I just like how we match up with this team on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, obviously, we have two Pro Bowl wide receivers with Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown. Um, Kansas City, I mean, we don't – Legereus Sneed was on the injury report today. Chances are he's going to play. I would be pretty shocked if he didn't play in the Super Bowl. I mean, it's the fucking Super Bowl. Um, but they do have a rookie on the uh, left side of the of the field at corner, and Trent McDuffie. And then Justin Reed and Juan Thornhill are, are, are fine safeties. But at the end of the day, like – Man, unless you have, like, it's it's crazy. But honestly, I think the only secondary that's, like, that could match up with the Eagles' offense is the Eagles' secondary, um, legitimately. I just – I don't see Trent McDuffie and Legereus Sneed slowing down A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith. And, you know, passing game aside, if we're able to get the running game going like we did against – San Francisco, which, you know, was the quote-unquote best run defense in the sport, um, we won't even pass the ball. We're just going to run it for 45 times, and that'll be all she wrote. And I still think the Eagles can do that as well. I mean, you look at their defense, obviously Chris Jones is a defensive player of the year candidate, um, and for good reason. He's a good He's a really good defensive lineman. They're going to use him all over that defensive line, interior, uh, along the edge, wherever. But their linebackers are are pretty underwhelming. Um, Willie Gay and Nick Bolton are both undersized. They're both more of like, you know, your hybrid kind of, you know, used to play safety in college type of guys. Really aren't meant to just put their nose and go north and south and hit the hole and, and – tackle ball carriers in, in the backfield, um, you know, they they don't really like to get down dirty. And I think the Eagles, especially with the way their offensive line blocks and how effectively they're able to get up to the second level, um, I think they can really have their way with those, those linebackers. Um, I mean, Jason Kelsey puts everyone on their back when he gets up to the second level. Same goes for Landon Dickerson, Sam Alu, either of the tackles. Um, I just don't think their defense is going to be able to match the type of physicality we can bring offensively. And if they do, right, like if they are up to the task, uh, their defensive line and their their whole front seven, um, I don't believe that their secondary will be up to the task. I don't see both of them happening, right? Like I don't see them matching our physicality in the running game and also shutting down our receivers. Like I just think – it's either one or the other or neither. I just don't think they're going to be able to do both. Um, and I think Shane Sykin's going to be able to outmaneuver whatever Steve Spagnuolo throws at him. Um, and like I said, I just I just really like how we match up with this team. I just I just do it both sides of the ball. It doesn't I don't really see an area where the Eagles can't effectively attack them on offense, truthfully. I just think whether you want to run it or pass it, the Eagles can do either, and I don't think Kansas City is going to be able to stop both. Maybe they'll be able to stop something, but I don't think they're going to be able to stop both of it. 
Yeah, I have a feeling we're gonna run all over the Kansas City Chiefs. I really do. No offense to Chris Jones, but I I just really I just think it's gonna happen. I mean, it just it feels right. You know, I mean, J- Jalen going for 400 yards, four passing touchdowns. By all means, he can do it. He's got the talent. But the way this Eagles team has consistently won this year is just by ground and pound, kicking the shit out of teams. And there's a team you can kick the shit out of is the Kansas City Chiefs. Absolutely. Both sides of the football. So in, in that case, I absolutely agree. I love the way we match up there. And, uh, I mean, I think the best part is is there's no wrong answer for the Eagles in this game. I mean, look, the Chiefs are good. The Chiefs win games. You know, their defense was able to hold – Joey B, some around 20 points. So I get it, but this isn't Joey B. You know, this isn't a, a, a very solid Bengals team because of that offensive line that we have. I mean, if Joe Burrow had our offensive line, if Joe Burrow and Joe Mixon had our offensive line with those weapons, they'd probably beat the Chiefs because, well, they, they didn't. The Chiefs haven't dealt with an offensive line like this in their division in the AFC. And then it really in any games they've played this year, because it doesn't matter who you play, you're not playing an offensive line better than the Philadelphia Eagles. You're just not going to do it. I don't care who you are. I don't care who you play. However many times you play them, it's not happening. It's a non-starter. Philadelphia Eagles offensive line is the best football. So really, it's just going to be kind of what are our guys feeling that day? <laughs> the way I think about it when it comes to how we match up. It's, it's really just going to be the vibes. It's really I, I think it's going to be a run-heavy, shove the football down their throats. Landon Dickerson, <laughs> was it Chris Collinsworth that said Landon, Landon Dickerson coming right down your throat, yeah. I believe? <laughs> That's something he would say. A load, yeah. No, a load of Landon Dickerson coming down your a throat. A load? He, I'm he pretty put, sure he, he dropped a load. I'm load sure was definitely in there. Now that, That's, oh. I think it, I think, yeah, I think he knew what he was Brian, doing. He, he knew what yeah, he was he, doing there. They all know what they're doing. They, they have to. I, I, I see mean, Chris announcers out of has context. That I go, chuckle too when he says something like this. Like, oh, I can't, I can't impersonate, but you know what I'm talking about. He has that stupid little chuckle and probably, probably nudges whoever he's in the booth with, Al Michaels. Yeah. Thank God they're not calling. The, neither of them are calling the fucking Super Bowl this year. Who, Who do we got? I, I know Fox? it's on. It's, it's on Fox. Fox. Is it Joe Davis again? Is it Joe yeah. Davis? Hey, I, I think like so. Joe Davis. Dude, I'm like fucking Joe over Joe Davis. Ever since he used Justin Jefferson, the catch of his life. Oh, it was like a, a t- week, I think it like was a week after. His, I think it was just at the top of his head. I don't think he did that on purpose. He you gets know, paid millions of dollars a year to do this. Come up with a new line. You, you have know, time. I, you got a whole fucking week. You call one game. Gonna, Ryan, nobody's going to remember that besides you. You're the only person. I only care about me. So that's the problem. <laughs> Look, that's I the like issue. Joe Davis. No, no, it's not Joe Davis. It's Kevin Burkhart. Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson. Even work calling the Super Bowl. Yeah. Then they call the NFC Championship game. Yeah, they did. They did. That's their A teams here. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, that's their placeholder A team until uh, Tom Tom Brady, Brady joins. Yeah, that's true. Um, I don't know if it's Kevin Burkhardt or Joe Davis who does this. I can't remember. I want to say it's Burkhardt because I think he, it's the guy that does it with Olsen. But I, I do kind of like him. But he has a tendency to say, like, whenever someone's throwing it or, is, like, just throwing a pass, he always says, and he's wide open, and he's just not wide open. Like, he's, oh, like, my. open, but he's not wide open. You know what I mean? Really? And he says it every time, and I've noticed it more and more throughout the season 
and it's just kind of annoying. It's like he's not wide open, dude. Just say he's open, you know? Like he makes, he's like, oh, he's wide open. No, he's not. No, he's not. Yeah, the guy will have a step. He's got a step on him. He has a step, dude, but he's not wide open. Let's let's calm down. Let's calm down a little bit. We can all see. We can all see it. On the on our TV screens, all right. We don't need you freaking out over there. I don't know if it's Kevin Burkhart. I think it is Kevin Burkhart. Now I'm thinking about it. Like I can, I'm envisioning his voice saying it, and it sounds more like Kevin Burkhart than than the other guy. Um, but yeah, I mean that's not that's not the best. That's not the best. Why at least it's better. At least it's not Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth again because well, they that was terrible last year. Boy. I had to watch that, the fourth quarter on mute, and I yeah, was, was drinking a lot of beers with my buddy. I kept burping, apparently. He, he brought this up to me a couple weeks ago. He's like, remember when you burped through the entire fourth quarter of the Super Bowl because you were drinking so many Budweiser's? I was like, I don't, but I, I wish you told me. I would have stopped. <laughs> like, I would have well, tried my best. No, I would have at least done what I could. You got to do what you got to do. Well, you I know, did. thinking a little bit, I and this is like out of left field maybe, but like, do it. how come there's no Southern football announcers anymore? Where are those guys? The liberal at? media. When was the last one? When was the last one? They like Keith Jackson. Is that Keith Jackson? Who the hell am I thinking of? Who's the guy know. that does the college football games? And then he did the I can't even remember his name. But there's uh, like uh, just a guy. You know, I I, I want to I want a guy with like a southern drawl calling well, the they, games. You know, they they tried they tried Jason Witten. That shit didn't work out. You know, was, that, know was that a him, southern draw or a speech impediment he had? No, that, that was, was just fucking. Is there, is there a difference? Is there that was the biggest waste That's of the money. Mark. I just feel like everybody kind of, everybody just kind of sounds the same. Like I, I just want, I want something a little yeah. different. I do agree. Anyway. I find it hard to differentiate these days because they're all going for that same announcer voice where they sound like they're fucking. Where they sound, try to sound like Joe Buck now. Everyone tries. Yes. Joe Davis. He does a Joe Buck impression half the time. He really tries. Yes. Granted, he, he has more life to his voice. I'll give him that. Although, he's a real person, although he has makeup on like he's Pinocchio sometimes. You guys notice that, or is that just me with Joe Davis? <laughs> I don't know. You got, no, no, he got some just... rosy-ass cheeks for a grown man. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> you know what I want? I've had please. a couple beers. And I don't know... <laughs> like, I don't know why he doesn't get more NFL <laughs> games, but like... I really like Gus Johnson, dude, and I would love. He should to call get a, every game. I would love to get a Gus Johnson Super Bowl. I really. He's would. got I know a some distinctive voice. He does, and I don't like. He is, I guess, quote unquote, over the top, but like not in a, like he's authentic about it. You know, it's not like, like you get more excited. I think when he actually is calling something, because he's really actually excited about it you know what i mean he's not just like making his voice louder or speeding up his voice just for shits and giggles like he actually makes the broadcast more entertaining and like yes at the end of the day that's your job as an announcer like no one need like you're not playing like yeah you're technically a play-by-play guy but we don't need to play-by-play like we want you to make it a more enjoyable viewing experience and i think gus johnson does that almost every single time that he's broadcasting a game. And I really wish the NFL would give him more opportunities, honestly. I would love a Gus Johnson Super Bowl. I really would. He's like the one guy you would like, you would want to have, you would think you would want a guy that's going to like channel the energy of the moment, like with his voice. And he but, absolutely would. He would kill it. And, you know, and I do, I, I will say, I do actually kind of like 
Joe Buck, like, over the years just because I've come to, like, Pavlovianly associate his voice with big football games and, like, yeah. big moments uh, in sports. But, like, yeah, he's, he's you know, he just is who he is. Yeah, Joe Buck has gotten better. Like, if you listen to him, like, in the early days, like, I think he actually was the announcer for the Eagles NFC Championship game in 04 against Atlanta. And I'm pretty sure the booth was Buck, Aikman, and Chris Collinsworth, all three of them. Which dream team? That kind of is a dream team. Kind of is. Kinda Although I'm not the biggest grouping. Aikman guy. I'm not the biggest Aikman guy, but he's grown on me as well. But Joe Buck has definitely gotten better because if you go back and listen to that, like he really sounds like just a, a like a robot. Like he's just kind of very robotic with how he announces the game. Now he's more. Like, him and Aikman have definitely developed a good chemistry over the years, and, like, he actually – there's more personality behind it. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, like it took him a solid just, 12 years, but they got it together. They, yeah, I mean, hey, better <laughs> late than never. Um, but, all right. True. Oh, let's, let's, get back, let's get back to this game. Before we do score predictions – Right. Oh, right. There's a football <laughs> yeah, that's right. game. We're talking about the Super Bowl, right? Talking about we're Super actually, Bowl. I feel like we're acting like we already won. <laughs> we kind of at this point. But 100%. Before, before we do our score Christ. predictions – because I think we all know like which direction we're going. Oh, let's talk about Super Bowl MVP. Who do you guys think? Do you think like if you had to if you had to pick uh, like look obviously Jalen Hurts and you know like the obvious ones are out there like Jalen Hurts aside, who do you think has a really good chance at winning this Super Bowl? I have all the odds right in front of me, so. Whoever you think, I'll, I'll be able to spout out the odds for you. But who, who do you who do you think is a little sneaky, low key pick, low key good pick for Super Bowl Fifty Seven MVP? Hassan Reddick. Yeah, you took the words right I out mean, of my mouth, cl- Frankie. I think that's like, <laughs> see, that was the one I was thinking, and I'm it's like, not so sneaky, I think that's but kind of what good. everyone's sneaky good pick is for the Super Bowl MVP. You know, what it's I like mean? how like, the Eagles I, were a dark horse to win the Super Bowl this year. They were everyone's dark well, horse. Yeah. I'll th- I'll throw <laughs> I'll throw one at you that I think because uh, yeah that is, everybody's saying that and I think uh, yeah I it's very hard for a defensive player to get MVP um so you know what I'll say if the Eagles win uh I I think a dark horse pick would be Kenneth Gainwell dude oh, uh, no that was just the one I was just looking at too Frank oh you it. oh you took the words out of my mouth again <laughs> you son of a bitch. Dude, I could Kenny see him. G. I could see him ripping a couple of very long runs in this game. Yeah, yeah. He could have a Corey Clement like, style performance. I think. Yeah. You know, potentially, you know, maybe not a, maybe not like a thirty-yard dime at the be- to, you know the back of the end zone for a touchdown, but still very. You never know. Corey Clement. Four cat. I still can't believe Corey Clement had four catches for hundred yards in a Super Bowl, and then just. Like, it is. I don't even know where he's at anymore. He's the only Eagles player in Eagles history to ever have a hundred yards receiving in a And he hit a hundred flat too. Like what I know the it fuck? is pretty it's pretty it's pretty gangster. But yeah. here I'm looking at I'm looking at the odds right now. Gardner Minshew has higher odds to win Super Bowl MVP than Boston Scott, Fletcher Cox, CJ Gardner Johnson, Josh Sweat, and that's about those are the only notable guys that I'm looking at. But like uh, yeah, can you, you see maybe? I don't know. What if CJ Gardner Johnson got two picks? Yeah, then you got it. You know, then one then of them's got to be a pick six. six. One of them's got to be a pick six. That's true. That's true. 
That is true. Mm, now I'm curious. Um, now I'm curious about that that Russell Wilson Super Bowl I mentioned earlier. I'm curious what the stat line was. Well, he was, the, was MVP the eventual that, MVP. Right? It was the it was the linebacker, and he had a pick six. Was Malcolm it? Smith, right? It was Malcolm Smith. What? Yeah. You know what's crazy is like if the Chiefs win, there's like no question they're just gonna. It's Mahomes. Nobody else. Yeah. But the thing is with the Eagles, like. There's it so many guys could be someone else. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like if you talk about like the NFC Championship game, like Hassan Reddick's MVP of that game, right? Um, I mean, you look at the Giants game. I I mean, maybe Hurts Hurts may maybe get that one, but maybe Kenny G gets that one. You know what I mean? Like I don't know, I don't know. Um, so I'm looking at them now. I I'll, I'll list out. The, the highest or the most likely odds to lowest odds of just Eagles players. So you got Hertz at plus 125. Then you got A.J. Brown plus 1,800. Miles Sanders plus two, uh, 2,200. Then we have Devontae Smith at plus 3,000. Reddick at plus 3,000. And then we have Dallas Goddard at plus 5,500. Brandon Graham plus 8,000. I kind of like that one, honestly. That's a sneaky um, good one. Darius Slay plus 8,000. Then we got Kenny G at plus... 10 G's, and then the rest are. I mean, we got TJ Edwards. That's just not going to happen, unfortunately. Maybe. TJ Edwards, Super Bowl MVP. I'd lose my fucking mind. I would lose my shit. That would be <laughs> awesome. That would be so awesome. Nicobe Dean. But, I mean, TJ Edwards, Quez Watkins, and Gardner Minshew all have the same odds to win. That's Super insane. Bowl That's I'm like surprised insulting. they even have. I'm, you know, it's. If Gardner Minshew's in well, the game. Like and not yeah. in cleanup mode. Uh, it's. Yeah. Uh, I was gonna you're say probably fucked. I was gonna say like, where's Chad Henney? But he's also plus fifteen hundred. Ah, hundred. Yeah, fifteen thousand. I'm looking um, at. I'm. I'm looking at those two most recent defensive Super Bowl MVPs, and Malcolm Smith and Von Miller. I believe those were the only Von. two recently. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, it was Von. Von Miller and. Uh, so, Malcolm Smith had ten tackles, six solo. Uh, deflected a pass, recovered a fumble, and took a 69-yard uh, – well, I guess it was a 69-yard <coughs> return for that interception. And then Von Miller, yeah, well, he had six total tackles, two and a half sacks, and one pass defended, which is I think he had not as good a stat line, which is not Didn't as good a stat line. Didn't he have a fumble? I think Doesn't he – Doesn't say that on the blurb I'm reading, hmm. but <laughs> I'm sure. I thought he did. I, I think he did. Did he recover one? Didn't he, remember, like the first touchdown of the game, he like ripped it right out of Cam Newton's hands. If I'm not was that the right. bu- was that the business decision fumble? The, no, no it was that was right at the, the beginning end. of the game. That was at the end. I know what you're talking about. But at the end or at the beginning, I'm pretty sure Von Miller just went in and just like didn't even really I tackle think... him. He kind of just went in and just pretty much just ripped the ball out. Oh, he did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He definitely had a forced fumble in that game. He was the tenth, and he recovered. Oh, wait a minute can't read i actually don't know how to read so this is a problem but i'll figure it out well come back to me <laughs> well, who do you guys, so you guys want to know who i who i actually think like this isn't even really sneaky but like this is who i actually think will win super bowl mvp at the eagles win. on me yeah i'm gonna go Devonte smith uh took the plus words 3, out 000. of my mouth again again really, <laughs> really? The- <laughs> okay. but hey Devontae Smith, he even said it earlier this week. He was born for these moments. And, I mean, we know what he did in his final collegiate game, right? I mean, 
11 catches, 215 yards, and three touchdowns in the first half. Jesus um, Christ. The dude is kind of just a big – like, he just is always there in big games. I mean, both playoff games, I mean, he had a touchdown against the Giants. I know his stat line wasn't crazy, but then he had the big play against San Francisco, which uh, in the stat sheet went down as a catch on that fourth down. So it's a catch. It's a catch. And he had the heads-up play. And he had the heads-up play, exactly. keep going and preserve Um, that. And like I said, you know, we were talking about the matchup. If Kansas City wants to put, um, you know, their attention towards A.J. Brown and Dallas Goddard, Devontae Smith is going to absolutely fucking just feast on whoever's on him. Like, they don't have more than two good coverage guys in their secondary so um yeah i i, I really like Devonte smith at plus three thousand i think i'm gonna throw some cash on that i think he's just a big play guy he, he's always been there in the big moments i mean not not even just his last collegiate game but i think as a true freshman right didn't he catch the game winning pass in the sec championship from tua right yeah was it pretty was positive it, or was it the national it might it was the national, national championship it was game national against championship. georgia yeah yeah um, that was fucking he does crazy. Th- he he does he thrive in these, these moments. moments. And like I, I he's, think, some guys yeah. are just built for it. Some guys yeah. just they they just do better. His first catch in the NFL was a touchdown. Like I mean, just uh, just on the money all the time. He's a big if, he is a big moment a, guy. If it's a big moment, he is going to show up. So that's actually you know what, Brian, you're printing money. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. See no, that Devonte Smith that Devonte Smith take was not premeditated. That was just solely looking at the stats. So, yeah, so and now. you take a look at the way he's like, he's like been answering questions this week. I'm sure you guys saw either in yeah. the in the Liberty Line yeah. Slack or just on Twitter where they were like, "So, like, what have you been doing this week?" He's like, "Just hanging out in my hotel room, you know, just chilling." And they're like, "What? You don't watch any movies?" He's like, "Nope, complete darkness." And I'm like, "Yep." <laughs> Well, all right, 150 oh, was, yards, two touchdowns. That's was, pretty much fucking it, right? This guy's a fucking joker, I guess. I guess he's this guy's a fucking to, psycho. I guess this guy's Dude, literally a villain. That's the that's the best part about this team is these guys like Jalen Hurts, you know, Devontae Smith, like just almost like robots that are designed to play football. Like just yeah. don't care, shut everything out. Why the fuck did it take Howie Roseman this long to dip into the Alabama tree? I mean, Jesus Christ. You know what I mean? Like, Alabama produces these type of people. And, Maybe like, we've just, we've just first, guy. until Devontae's – well, I guess we drive to Jalen. Jalen Hurts is, you know, Oklahoma, Alabama. He started at Alabama. He's an Alabama guy. Um, it took him until, you know, that year to go Jalen Hurts. And the next year they get Devontae and Landon Dickerson. And it's like, look what the fuck happens when you put – championship pedigree on your fucking team like that's it's at least he figures something out you know what i mean at least he oh, figured yeah. it out we got away um, from the pack 12 and the big 12 God. anything thank with God. a 12 get the fuck 12 i mean when are we gonna learn this when are we as a society <laughs> going to accept fuck 12 in all facets for god's oh, sake at least know. howie's well, on hey, board now I praise mean, the lord i mean jalen hurts big 12 technically kind of more sec but 
He's an SEC. Oh, well, guy. yeah, but that's, he's an SEC guy. He was molded in the SEC, which allowed him to shit all no, over you know, the Big Twelve. He was born in that. You SEC. know what they say? It's it's a cab. Always call Alabama ballers. You know, but there it is. On draft wow, day. I was, I was wondering day. where you're gonna go with that. Yeah, there you go. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. I think that's a, yeah. I think that's a tweet later. I think that's Do a drunk it. tweet later from you a hundred percent one one quick novelty prop guys that i'm seeing here that i really feel like is another just like printing money thing will there be a flea flicker yes plus 200 gotta take it there's no way andy reed doesn't call a flea flicker Only uh, plus 200 a, the moment yeah. they go down 10 points andy reed is calling a flea flicker on he called a hook and ladder seven he, he called a hook and lateral on the first drive of the AFC Championship game. I mean, I feel like we would run, a, we could run a flea flicker potentially. Either yeah. of these coaches are absolute yeah. lunatics and could do I this. Know. I kind of love that. I kind of love how it's just two fucking mad scientists going at it this weekend. It's, it's the way so to go. Fun. It is. Um, all right. It's like the U.S. versus the Soviet Union in the nuclear arms race. This yeah. is like just two these guys ready to war. risk it all to it's make a it new happen. Cold war. It's a new Cold War. <laughs> the finger is just. Ever so slightly getting closer to that button. So um, close. All right, guys. Let's get down to it. Let's get down to the nitty-gritty here. Let's go score predictions. Um, you know, I'll just kick things off since, you know, I'll just, I'll, just, I'll take the mantle. I'll, I'll do what I have to do here. Um, you know, like we said throughout this whole week, throughout this entire fucking season, is the Eagles are the best team in the league. And I don't think they've done anything to – if anything, they've made it more apparent throughout these past couple of weeks that they are the best team in the league. And what Howie Roseman was able to do this offseason is nothing short of remarkable. I mean, honestly, I think after this, after this Sunday, not only are we going to talk about what he was able to accomplish this offseason for the rest of our fucking lives, but the NFL at large should – this should be in, like, you won't be able to write the history of the NFL without mentioning what Howie Roseman did in the 2022 offseason. Um, because he, I mean, he changed the game. He put together the best team I've ever seen in Philadelphia and one of the best teams I think the NFL honestly has, has ever seen. And I think Sunday is going to further solidify that. Um, and like we said during this podcast, I just think the Eagles match up so well against this team, uh, offensively, defensively. I think they're going to be able to get after him, Patrick Mahomes. I think they're going to be able to run the ball. And if Kansas City and Chris Jones decide to show up, we're going to be able to pass the ball. Devontae Smith takes home that Super Bowl MVP. And the Eagles win 31-17, and they win their second Super Bowl. And we're on Broad Street on Wednesday and blacking out and pissing all over bushes, eating horse shit, climbing poles, greased or otherwise, climbing skyscrapers reaching for the sky it's gonna be a fucking celebration you should savor it and um yeah i mean we're winning the fucking super bowl so uh you're fucking goddamn right we are and funnily enough i had 31 points for the birds as well but for the chiefs i was i'm going 31 to 22 i don't know what i'm feeling i don't know why they're the chiefs can score 20 points i think they can score 20 points Maybe one of the maybe there'll be a late field goal or a late touchdown after the game is already uh, you know well out of hand for them, uh, as I so often predict for this Eagles team. They're always gonna get 
you know, they're always going to give up a garbage time something, but that's fine because it's garbage time. That's the beauty of garbage time. So absolutely. Eagles are, you know, book the Eagles to drop minimum 30 points. I don't know what the team total is, but if it's 30 or below, hammer the over. That's that. We've gone over the matchups. You already know our reasoning. That's it. 31, 22, birds, Super Bowl champs. I'll see you motherfuckers on Broad Street. Hell yeah. Now, I, I really, I there's a part of me that wants to give, like, what I think the actual score will be, which is, like, no. a reasonable answer. Then there's the part of me that's like, you know what? I'm not going to be right anyway. Why don't I just give, <laughs> like, the like the, the dream score, you know? What's your dream score? So I'll tell you what the dream score is. I'll tell you what the dream scenario is. I think the Philadelphia Eagles are going to be the first team to pitch a shutout in Super Bowl history. <laughs> I think that Hassan Reddick is going to have three sacks. Um, Patrick Mahomes is going to have to quit by halftime. Like, not because he's injured, just because he's demoralized. He's just like, you know what? I'm just, I'm done tonight. He's I'm going to hang sad. out with my annoying brother doing TikTok videos. Uh, I, I, think, I think it's going to be 35 to nothing. Oh. <sighs> After the game, Jonathan Frank, Gannon. I will literally come over to your house and give you fucking The elected like, mayor of Philadelphia. Figure out where you live. I'll find your Facebook page. And and, and councilmanic prerogative across the city. <laughs> Jonathan like, Gannon will be. Find, I got to go find Frank Hayes. That's just what I'll do. I, I will leave, the, I will leave broad, broad. I don't know who you are. <laughs> Jonathan Gannon will be carried off the field on the shoulders of the defense. He will be anointed a saint uh, amongst saints in Philadelphia. Like they'll they'll tear down the Nick Foles statue and erect a fifty foot tall statue of Jonathan Gannon, and it, it, that's 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 what I'm seeing. That's my that's my dream score right there. I like that yeah. dream score, Frank. I do. I um, you know what? Or it'll be like you know, thirty. 33 to 33 to 17, I think, is also a possibility. I mean, that's can good, we, too. Can we please, this is just random, but, like, you, <laughs> you mentioning it, Frank, kind of put it back in my head. Can we please bring back carrying coaches off the field? Like, come on, dude. Let's bring when that back. stop? A, a long time up. ago. It stopped a long time. It hasn't time. happened I need a, a John Madden-esque. Now we just get the Gatorade dump, and I get that, but, like, wouldn't you love to just see... Nick Sirianni on the shoulders of like Jordan Davis and Jordan Mailata, like head and shoulders above everyone, and just Sirianni just up there, just nodding his head at every camel looking at him, flipping them all off, you know, telling him all he knows what the fuck he's doing. That's the yeah, ultimate I know what the fuck I'm doing moment. You know what I mean? I need that shit in my fucking life. He knows exactly Jonathan what the fuck Gannon he's doing with up there. Gan Jonathan Gannon rips off a shirt and he has a Q Gannon shirt on. Under there, um, <laughs> that yeah. shit's great, dude. For I, I wanted to. I so when Kyle posted that man on the street video, I want to reply again on the street video, and I was like, eh, not that funny. Forget it. But it's stuck with me for like a week now, so I can't. I had to get it out. You just had so to, thank yeah, you for that. to get it off your chest. It's the intrusive thought. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it's the intrusive thought. <laughs> Incredibly intrusive. Clearly, as it interjects in this moment. Yeah, um, I have them all the time. Yeah, yeah I think we, I think we all do. Um, but hey. To everyone listening, I mean, look, we only have a couple more days until the Super Bowl. And then, you know, regardless of what happens on Sunday, I mean, we're going to win. But regardless of what happens on Sunday, that's the end of this season. And 
this has been one of the best seasons I mean I've ever experienced as an Eagles fan, honestly. And like just savor the moment because it doesn't happen. As a Philadelphia sports fan, we know too damn well that the good times sadly do not last. <laughs> so, look, savor the moment, savor every second of it, and when we win, celebrate with your family, celebrate with your friends, drink as much beer as you can possibly fit into your stomach and love life and go to the parade and cry and do whatever you're going to fucking do. I don't I don't know how you celebrate whether you cry or you just you just get really happy, whatever, dude. Celebrate the way you celebrate and savor it because this shit doesn't happen that often. We're pretty lucky. It's been a pretty good year for Philly sports, all things considered. Pretty damn good year. So when we win, you know, take it all in, and um, I'll see you on Broad Street. I'll see you on Broad Street Sunday night, and I'll see you on Broad Street on Wednesday because I think that's when the parade will be. I'm not sure. Regardless, maybe I'll just stay there from Sunday till Wednesday, and I just won't go home. That could be also a possibility. So, um, I guess that closes out for the last episode for Super Bowl. This is kind of weird. And uh, hopefully, uh, man, the episode after the Super Bowl is going to be almost weird. I feel like it's but. either going to be it's either going to be like a celebration of us just recapping the game, or us just sadly talking about the Seventy Sixers. So no! you know, we are <laughs> shut the fuck up. Man. No, shut we are up. talking Philly spring training next week. Win or lose. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not talking about Doc Rivers, dude. I'm not talking Fuck. about... Look, this is literally deadline day, and none of us have even considered talking about it. Hey, Man, neither did Daryl Morey, so, yeah. you know. So, he, he was busy. He didn't do he anything. He was busy reading the Liberty line, you know, <laughs> keeping up with the birds, man. Yeah. Dude, I, I don't blame him, honestly. No. I don't blame him. Honestly, credit to Daryl Morey for not trying to intrude on Super Bowl week. <laughs> Good man. Good yeah, man for good that. Man. Wait for the buyout market. Make a splash Thank there. Thank you. Get go get go get um you know <laughs> go get a washed up center on the buyout market like we do every year. Play him over Paul Reed in the playoffs until like the second round when it's pretty clear this guy can't play anymore. And like let's just you know let's get back to the way things were. You let's know? do it. Let's get back to the things way. Let's do it. Let's just do it. Um, all right, everyone. Thank you, as always, for listening to this episode of Grease the Polls. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, or thelibertyline.com, or wherever you get your shows. You can find us on social media at Grease Polls Pod on Twitter and TikTok. Once again, everyone, thank you for listening. And go birds, baby. Let's win another fucking Super Bowl. Let's go. Go birds. Go birds. <laughs>